Kia ora and welcome to Jules from NZ, a podcast from a Kiwi chick, chocker with roleplay gaming chat and world lore of the most fantasy place ever, Aotearoa, New Zealand. Chur. Kia ora, morena. How are we all? Tina koto katoa. Hello, hello, hello. Ketipihia koto. You know, welcome back to Jules from NZ. Wow, I said that really weirdly today, didn't I? <laughs> I'm so rusty at my own introduction of my podcast. I could just delete that and go back, but nope, I'm going to let that sit out there because that's what I deserve for this episode taking so darn long to come out. Um, Parts of it have been recorded for a while, parts of it have been sitting there waiting for me to come back and uh, you know, yeah. Uh, (laughs) So I only allow myself to record the introduction, this piece that you're listening to right here when it's all done, when it's all together. I don't know how you guys do your episodes, but um, <laughs> that's how I do mine, because I'm backwards. I start in the middle and then work my way to the beginning and the end. Um, but I missed you. I missed you all dearly, you know, like, because um, Pie, I am good. I am good, surprisingly. Um, I've been uh, trying to uh, make sure I don't get ill. Uh, my partner, Paula, has been quite sick. Um was tempted to kick him out of uh, the be- the bedroom um, and make him go sleep on the couch so I didn't get ill, but I really don't think that would have helped. Um, I've just been hydrating and trying to stay warm and doing all the good things for myself, you know, and trying to make sure that I don't get sick. Don't get sick because I've got so many things coming up that I cannot be sick for. So, um, yep, that's what I've been trying to do. And um, I have had an amazing load of incredible experiences lately uh which I kind of want to tell you about so uh I'm gonna I'm gonna do some of that uh coming up soon um yeah we're gonna start with probably my biggest and most epic gig um ever uh followed by a little bit of a catch-up with what's going on in Saltmarsh Games and Icewind Dale and that kind of thing and um then then we're gonna get some some call-ins you're gonna listen to some awesome people um yeah and then yeah 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 okay that's what's gonna happen uh look forward to all of this on this episode uh but right now you're gonna hear from me okay so the biggest and most epic gig that I've ever had in my entire life. The wire wrapper experience, I guess we'll call it. Yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> they would probably just call it a gaming weekend. Um, because I got hired by uh, this, this sweet dude um, and his wife and a couple that they meet up with to go on long weekends every now and then to keep the kids with the family and they go off and they beat adults and they play board games in a way that the kids aren't like can I play and messing up things and you know they play big old long board games like Dominion and all sorts of awesome um, epic 
you know, story games and things like that. They take a while and they drink wine and they have snacks. And doesn't it sound amazing? It sounds great, right? Like it sounds really good. So anyway, they were watching Stranger Things and um, they decided that they've never learned to play D&D and they really wouldn't mind playing D&D. Uh, but they don't really know how to start. So they bought the books, right? So they went and did the thing where you buy the player's handbook. Um, and I, I think they bought something else, but I, I can't remember if they told me about it. Um, and then they looked at it and it was all quite overwhelming. And so they Googled, like, how do you learn to play D&D? Like, you know, is there an easy way? And they were like, well, we're going to just watch some Google, uh, some some YouTube videos or something and try and figure it out. But uh Questbook and you literally popped up uh on our Google search, which is nice to know, isn't it? So they went, How do you learn to play D D like New Zealand or something like that? And then wham, there I am on a Google search, not too far down. Uh and um they said that they read the Questbook page and realized that it was perfect. Um they just wanted to pay somebody to come out and teach them how to play and have a fun game and that could be totally part of their board games weekend. So into me. So they sent an email uh to Questbook and just sort of outlined the basic situation. Um and uh I saw the email come in and went, Well the hell? Who would say no to this? So essentially that what they were saying is they wanted to play but they're really used to big long board games and they understand D can take a while and they were fine with that and um, what they wanted to do was like play like a session from three to like six and then go for dinner at a local vineyard and then come back and finish the game off until like midnight because that's kind of what they're used to doing on a board game weekend and then they were like but we're in the wire wrapper and we understand that you're from Wellington. So probably not the wire wrapper. And for those who don't know anything about what I'm talking about, um, the wire wrapper is about an hour and a half drive over a massive hill, like up and then down with a giant ravine next to you. So not the sort of thing you want to be doing at midnight when you're tired, right? So they were like, we know that you're probably going to be driving over from Wellington. So we've got this hire a batch situation. We're only using two of the bedrooms. So you could easily use um, one of the other bedrooms. Um, it's got a lock on the inside of the door. So you can totally crash in there and lock the door and, you know, you're, you'll be safe and, and you know, um, all of that. And I, I was like, okay, yeah, all right. I mean, it's a little weird, right? It's... <laughs> It's a little strange to get an inquiry like that, but I was like, I'm willing to roll the dice on this. And I sort of said um, that I'd totally be open to um, the idea. I just wanted to get on a video call with them all and have a chat about what they were thinking it would look like or, you know, like talk to them about what they know about D&D. Um, what they might be looking for in a game, um, any rules or um, things that I might have, and got on a call. They seemed like really normal, nice people, and um, I did the thing where you, that you do when you're a female and you have to think about your own safety in these situations, which is not what everybody probably has to do, but I took a screenshot of all of their faces. Um, I put a file on my computer with like that screenshot um, all the contact details I had for them, name, um, address, phone number, uh, all of these things, 
um, and I put it in a file called just in case, um, <laughs> you know, like just in case I casually get murdered while I'm running a D&D game. Um, because, you know, that's the sort of things I have to think about when I'm, I'm, I'm putting myself in these situations. Um, so uh, I talked to them a little bit about extras too and we talked about whether they might want to make their characters or not make their characters and I could just provide pregens and like a bunch of that kind of stuff. We, have, we decided that they wanted to have some investment and make their characters, um, you know, something fun for themselves. So... Uh, I suggested again that we got on another Zoom call before the day so that we could just on the day just play games. Um, they were willing to pay a little extra to get on a Zoom chat and talk about things beforehand, so that was cool. It was really awesome that they were they were super fine with doing that. So uh, we about a week out uh, got on a call and I introduced them to D and D Beyond, and then they were like, "We should never have bought the books." <laughs> Which is kind of funny because, like, yes, these days, like, you don't need the book to play, like, a one-shot. You can just knock up a character, a very basic kind of character on D&D Beyond very easily. Um, the books add more understanding about how you're knocking up that character and why you're knocking up that character a certain way. They they do. Like, I know D&D Beyond has a bunch of clicks and, and it breaks down all the things, but I find reading the book and talking it out about the character and, and there's a lot more descriptive stuff in there and you can kind of get a real feel for the the person you're playing um in the book with all these with all these additional details and the pretty art and all of that. So... I was like, no, 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 you haven't wasted money. The books are still really, really useful. But this is a very handy software for this type of occasion. So um, so we made them all on D&D Beyond so that they were ready. And then they just had like their phones or a tablet or whatever on the day. So the day comes around. I drive over to the Wadapper. I'm wearing like a slightly piratey sort of costume not massively piratey because I was also very aware that they were taking me out to the vineyard dinner as well so I still needed to look like a normal person when we went out for dinner so I had a corset on that I just strapped on back again when we got back in a pirate hat and a floaty blouse you know done um uh, and then I had potions in my car because they uh, paid extra for having potions to drink. And um, if they wanted a potion to, um, in the game, I had things that I could pull out. I had borrowed a bunch of terrain from my friend Dave Keys, who runs a terrain library, which is a very cool concept. So you basically go in, give ID, um, pay a deposit to borrow some terrain, and then you drop the terrain back off and... Um, it's all hunky-dory, you know, like, um, yeah, uh, but it costs obviously a lot less than trying to make or buy your own terrain wood, and he has so many shelves of awesome terrain that I could never possibly get through it all, using it all, even if I tried, um, but I am going to try, because it's all pretty awesome terrain. He's got, like, a whole bar, like, a whole massive tavern with like the bar and the chairs and the tables and all the drunk patrons already like painted up and ready to go you know um so you could do a whole tavern scene or he's got like all of the castle you know like the floor the turrets the walls the the whole lot um he's got like lots of 
um, houses and buildings and stuff so you could make a whole village if you wanted to he's been starting to make these like hex maps so you could literally make like your world map in hex map um and take a photo of it and there you go bingo bongo that's your world um yeah he's got such cool stuff anyway so i borrowed a pirate ship um a little bit of a ruins kind of situation and a basic mound that i wanted to use for height differences in terrain you know just so that they had the ability to be a bit higher or lower or whatever they wanted to do um during a fight you know so I borrowed a bit of that so and I also borrowed a water map um so he has like the you know the um desktop mouse pad mats it's sort of like that it's like a more rubbery kind of version of it but the seawater blue um very cool to have like this massive rolled out rubbery mat, easy to roll on. The terrain looked great on it. It looked like full ocean and stuff. It was amazing, you know. So, like putting down these pieces and the players going like, "Oh, cool," you know, like there's nothing like bringing that out. So, really added something to the game. Um, yeah, and they played through uh, a drift on ruined seas, one of my homebrews, which is a very piratey based adventure. They met, you know, sea captains and sung shanties and uh, met a sea hag uh didn't know she was a sea hag thought she was a beautiful elven lady living out in an island by herself just offering potions um to random travelers uh and then they were like cool so how much gold do you want for this and she's like no 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 gold needed and they were like okay great and she's like yes but which one of you is the human sacrifice and they were like ah um, so you know that was fun uh I love dropping that on people um and watching them freak out um so uh of course they fought her and won and it was very fun uh, but not before she blinded a couple of them and tried to cast phantasmal killer on some you know yeah all sorts of fun stuff um uh, and for those of you who are, are like wait can sea hags do that yeah mine can uh <laughs> Kiefer is very powerful um so yes she can um and then they were sailing out in the sea and they kept being followed by a black ship with like three masted sails and they're all black and everything like that oh okay apparently my phone is playing things on its own and i can't stop it so that was fun did you like that snippet of my little pony in the middle of everything um i hate my car my car just turns itself on randomly and plays random stuff so despite the fact that i'm recording using anchor it decided to play anchor and because i'm recording on anchor i can't stop it from playing anchor it's really annoying anyway so they were being followed by the ship and stuff and then they finally confronted the ship and they were going to fight whoever was on the ship but on the ship is just a bunch of like stumbling around skeletons and stuff and then they fire at the ship and the ship gets angry um and by that I mean the ship transforms until it is like walking on the water so it's essentially got big old curved pieces that uh it stands on so it's sort of like you know buoyant on top of the water and I use a 80s transformer so I literally bring out a transformer um, and <laughs> put it on the table and people are just like laughing hysterically it's it's you know it's fun um, it's a dramatic moment it's supposed to be a big reveal as this ship turns out to be a monster that 
when they're in a tavern earlier in the game, they talk to a dude, they give him a drink. They he's they're told that he has a bunch of crazy stories about things that happen out on the ocean, and um, he talks about a green flash that happens, a monster that walks on the ocean, like as tall as like you know, um, several houses stacked together and he describes it like that and he says that they walk on the ocean. And then seaweed that eats you. Um, Seaweed that eats you is the only thing they don't come across in the game at some point. Um, But he's designed so that, you know, he tells absolute bat crazy stories. Um, Nobody in the tavern believes him, so they all tell him to shut up, sit down and stop talking such shit, you know. Um... So when when it comes to the end game and they get this transforming ship that stands on the ocean, they're like, "Oh my god, he wasn't lying!" Um, it's a, it's kind of a fun moment for me uh, and the players. And if some of the players have gone even back and told everybody that Silverlight wasn't lying, um, so he he gets to drop the name Silver Liar and just gets co- called Silver Stories. Um, <laughs> Because he still told a story about seaweed that eats you that nobody has proven whether it's not true or true. Um, Because you don't see it in that game. But maybe it's there. Maybe it exists. Who knows? Um, That's something to discover another time. So, yeah. So they did all of that. They had a great game. Uh, We had a lot of fun. Uh, I crashed the hell out at midnight. (laughs) Just crashed. And then woke up at about 5 o'clock in the morning to drive home. Because I had a Pathfinder game with Joey of Hindsightless playing Wrath of the Righteous that I could not miss. So I, <laughs> you hear Joey talk about how all of his players were there. Man, that was hard to do, folks. <laughs> it was so hard. I had like five hours sleep, if that. Like maybe four and a half uh, after this intense game. Got up drove over the hill by this ravine looking at it constantly being like if I just don't pay attention for a second I'm eaten by this ravine you know um and then got home like made myself a coffee and some breakfast and turned up to the game and was like hi I'm here this this wasn't hard or anything um it was pretty It was pretty intense, but I managed it. Um, And I just recently got an email from the crew being like, hey, we had a really great time. Already looking forward to the next one. So I'm stoked. Um, They loved it. They loved D&D. They felt like they got their money's worth, which is amazing because they're paying me about 700 bucks for this thing. So I just got paid like basically my weekly wage again for one night worth of D&D. If I could do that for the rest of my life, um, I'd be a happy lady. I would be a very happy lady. Uh, if only that was the case, I could just run like one D and one big D and D game a week, and then a few small ones, um, and then be able to sleep in in the mornings. That would be the dream. So yeah, uh, I'm a very incredibly lucky lady. Like I keep saying, um, very blessed to have found TTRPG in a way that. Uh, empowers me to buy more books, <laughs> more minis, pay more money to Dave uh, for borrowing more terrain. Basically, that's where this money is going to go. It's just going to go straight back into D&D because I'm a sucker for continuing my love uh, for it. Yep. Uh, cool. So let's, I think uh, with me having talked that long, holy crap, it's been like 19 minutes. Um 
So with me talking that long about this uh, stuff at the intro, I think we'll leave the uh, the salt marsh chats for and an Icewind Dale chats for another time, um, which is kind of convenient because I actually have an in person Icewind Dale game coming up on Sunday, uh, and so then I could tell you about that after the game, which would be very fun. So let's move on to some voicemails and hear what some smart peoples have to say, play some ponies, and then I will get out of here right at the end. So, uh, yeah. Who's up? Who's chatting? I think it's Spencer of Keep Off the Borderlands up first. Hi, Spence. How you doing? Hi, Jules. Spencer here. And, uh, yeah, really sorry to hear you're laid up. That sounds... um, very uncomfortable and extremely frustrating and I know that depression isn't necessarily anything to do with what's going on in your life but that sure ain't gonna help um so wishing you a speedy recovery just listening to Jason there talking about the weather in New Zealand and not thinking about the fact that you have a winter I'm sure you know as well as I do that you are directly opposite to the UK on the globe and I think that it's fair to say we are we have similar climates I think you've got it a few degrees better than we have but um you certainly get four seasons and um yeah speaking of four seasons in one day we have a saying up here in Scotland if you don't like the weather just wait 20 minutes now I heard you say that you don't get much in the way of snow in New Zealand. Well, probably not in the North Island, especially up around the Bay of Islands where you've got things a bit more tropical up there than we get here in the UK. Um, But, uh, yeah, when I was staying in Christchurch, we had snow there on par with what you'd get in the south of England during the, you know, the the colder months. And um, during the, the... winter there I headed down to Dunedin and well let's just say that there are a lot of people of Scottish descent living around that area and they feel very much at home because boy it gets cold down there and uh, well you've got penguins too so uh, I mean what more can I say take care Pink Phantom here again Jules I just wanted to say I completely understand about waking up from sleeping and you've hurt yourself. I'm completely right there with you, been there, done that. And to think there was a time when if somebody told me that they hurt themselves in bed, I would have thought they were bragging about something. Getting old, Jules, getting old. Me, not you. You're great. Hey Jules, I'm sorry to inform you that Chicago is not the windiest city in the U.S. In fact, that is Boston, Massachusetts. However, Chicago is nicknamed the Windy City not because of its wind, but because of its politics. And this kind of originated uh, from a New York Sun reporter way back in 1893 named Charles Dana, who editorialized that the city's politicians were full of hot air, I quote, Um, in both Chicago and New York were in head-to-head competition to put on the World's Fair, and Chicago's windbag advocates were not shy about uh, campaigning for their hometown. Um, It has grown into making it seem that Chicago is very 
when it comes to politics, they're very shifty. So, um, yeah, that's the real reason. Uh, and my wife always corrects me about that, reminds me of that, that it's not the wind, it's the politics. And there we have it. It's not the wind, it's the politics. I wonder if that is on par here in New Zealand because, you know, Wellington is known as the windiest city in New Zealand and obviously one of the windiest in the world. In fact, I think we won that recently, actually definitively won that. Um, And we have the uh, beehive here in Wellington. The beehive, obviously, being where we keep our politicians because, you know, they're they're humming and 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 signaling a lot of things and making a lot of postury shows, bringing a lot of things in with them to the queen, uh, queen bee, uh, or you know, um, <laughs> well, I guess she is a queen at the moment. Our Jacinda Ardern, um, I guess, um, yeah. So there you go. Uh, a windy city too, in two ways. No wonder we won frankly it's all the craziness um yeah i i I hadn't heard that before kyle uh that fact about it being like the the shifting city and that's kind of why it's known as i i had not heard that before and apparently a lot of my friends here in new zealand haven't heard that before because i've been going around sharing that fact it's like my favorite new fact um and uh, I'm blowing everybody's mind. So thanks for that. Um, <laughs> it's very cool. Um, yeah, and in terms of uh, the the weather here, Spence, yeah, it's pretty, pretty similar to the UK. Wait, 20 minutes is fairly accurate as well. Um, <laughs> yep, you don't like the weather? Wait, 20 minutes. Generally, Wellington, we've blown away whatever that weather was and something new has replaced it. Uh, that's pretty standard. You go down to the beach, you unpack everything. It's like really nice weather and 20 minutes later, it's basically raining and you've got to pack back up again. <laughs> it can be kind of annoying, but um, I love it here. Uh, so, you know, you deal with it. You deal with the ups and downs. So, yeah. So who you heard there was um, Pink Phantom, Spencer and Carl. Uh and yes, Pink Phantom, uh, upon once upon a time, um, injuring myself in bed would have been a bit of story, but uh, nope, not this time. Um, you guys are pretty pleased to know um, I am mostly on the mend. Um, I've been strapping myself up, bracing up, um, and taking a whole lot of anti-inflammatories and stuff, and this cyst or whatever it is seems to be giving me less trouble lately, so... Uh, I'm still being pretty careful. I have a uh, rock and roll band gig coming up uh, tomorrow night, actually, it's time of recording, um, which is the first real uh, rock and roll covers gig we've had in a while, um, honestly, because Hospo hasn't exactly had a lot of money to throw around, but it is a private function, so it's nice to know that people are still looking at our covers band website and booking us for private functions we've got like four of them coming up soon actually so we've been practicing a lot lately because we're a little rusty um my voice is a little croaky because uh, we had two practices this week and I'm just not used to singing that much frankly um and I've been sitting in 
my car this morning recording this and I've had my car heater, my seat heater and everything on full bore, drinking water, trying to stay warm and hydrated um, because uh, warmth and hydration is incredibly important for singers. So I'm trying to do the right thing before the gig. Yeah, very nervous. Okay. Um, I have no concept of what's up next because I started trying to make this episode um, in June 23rd and it's now like uh, July 1st. So um, all the voice messages are on here and I have no concept of what's coming up next. So I guess it'll be a surprise for both you and me. Yay! Let's see. Hey Jules, Jason here. Um, sorry for the delay in calling you. Been uh, pretty sure you're aware I've had strep throat and been sick, and unfortunately I missed some games with you. And Joey's wrath of the right, just sorry about that. Am feeling better. My family seems to be doing a little better because we were all sick at one point. Uh, anyway, I'm calling about your episode 21, the you know sleep and the black monster and all that. And I know this is controversial. I kind of. I mean, if somebody wants to go right to school, to further education after they're in America, be high school to college, you know, when you're 18, then go on to that further education, then okay. But I kind of think a lot of people, I know I benefited from going in the army and then going to college after I got out of the army because I matured quite a bit. I think a lot of people would benefit from doing four years in public service or trade before going to further education. I'm not trying to say people shouldn't go to further education. I'm not saying people shouldn't strive for the stars because they definitely should. But I, I think a lot of people would benefit from, you know, at 18, learning a trade for four years or going to the military or some kind of public service, Peace Corps, whatever, some kind of something to, you know, build some maturity and, and learn some skills. I mean, if you go learn a trade for four years, you've got something to fall back on, then go to college and then move forward. Most you know, really in our world with longer lives, everything else, starting college 22 is not a showstopper. And that maturity, I think, really helps you get through college instead of the shenanigans that happens when you're 18, 19 in college. Um, especially like here in the States where the drinking age is 21. I mean, you're almost setting people up for disaster to some degree, right? But I, and I know that's a controversial take and, and I'm not saying it applies in every case, but I, I do think it's something worth looking at. Because even if at 22 you go into college, and then you go learn whatever, and then you move into the white collar work sphere and, you know, move away from that trade that you learned at 18, that you have something to fall back on if you have to. And then like in your case, you, you know, you can go help repair your mate's roof, you know, or you might be able to do your own plumbing or help somebody else with plumbing or, you know, so there's, there, there's side benefits to that too. But, but I do think that, you know, those four years of doing something in that maturity probably I know in my case, especially that time I spent in the army, if I had gone to college right away, it would have been a waste of money. I wouldn't have been ready for it where having had the chance to mature, you know, I, I treated school seriously and the college seriously. I'm not saying that's the case all 18 year olds. Some folks go straight in, do great in college right away. But I, I, I think there's a, a percentage of the population that would benefit from that further maturing process and a trade or public service or whatever.
Yeah. Okay. So Jason from Nerds RPG Variety Cast there talking about how in my last episode I was talking about um, how there's a lack of tradespeople because people kind of look down on those jobs or, you know, people keep being told to go to school or go study IT or whatever straight out of school and nobody really goes and does any practical jobs or anything really anymore. I shouldn't say nobody because that's a massive generalization and obviously people are doing that but there's a lot of thought and kind of you know looking down the nose on um those more practical jobs which is stupid because um tradespeople make a lot of money uh if they're doing it well and right and stuff and there's a serious shortage of those people now in New Zealand because nobody wanted to do those jobs because they're all told not to um you know, it's just kind of dumb. It's just people being dumb um, that have caused all of this. And and so Jason was sort of talking about his experience with, like, going to the army and, like, out of school and, you know, um, and how that definitely helped set him up for life. And, you know, I, I hear a lot of chat about how people should have to do a year doing, like, customer service or or hospitality or... You know, just some kind of servicey industry, just so that they all get a feel for what it's like to to serve other people in that kind of a job. Um, and I, I'd support that too, because you know I think people would be less crappy to other people if they knew what it was really like being on the receiving end of that. Uh, potentially, and maybe we'd all be better off for that. Um, but I, I. Yeah, I don't know if everybody should go to the army because that's really not for everybody, but I get I get exactly what you're saying. You know, like if if people were encouraged to go do something else for a few years before they went to uni, um like I did and and I like you knuckled down at uni because I appreciated that it was costing me a lot of money. I knew exactly how much work that money would you know meant. Um, I had like a, a, a work to, to pay ratio that was very, uh, finely tuned, um, in order to get my groceries working right, you know? Um, and it, and it, it did mean that I knuckled down, took it pretty seriously and, 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 you know, made sure I came out of there with, uh, you know, a, a fairly good degree. So, well, double degree in the end. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Uh, I feel like we put a lot on kids to do what we think is the right thing, but is that making us crappier people in general? I don't know. Like we're we're all trying to make sure that our our next generation makes money and and doesn't struggle because you know we struggled in whatever way that we struggled in, and we just want to make sure that their life is easier but I feel like a lot of the things that kind of went wrong for me was my parents doing exactly that my dad was a sparky and my mum was a teacher um but my mum wasn't always a teacher for a while there she was like a stay-at-home mum or whatever and they they struggled on one wage and two kids and trying to make it in the big city of Wellington where we've moved from Taranaki you know and then mum studied while she was looking after us and then eventually got a job and things got easier right so you know when she was looking at me and my 
desire to go to a performance art school because all I really wanted to do was sing and dance and act and you know uh, do all of those amazing things to me like that, that there's still things that bring me a lot of joy um she was just like oh no my daughter will be on struggle street for the rest of her life so she did the only thing she could think of to do which was to very vehemently ban me from doing anything of the sort even to the point where they paid for my first year of university so that I would go to university and go get a proper degree in her eyes you know a proper degree whereas I think if I had just gone to performance school gotten a bunch of um, cool uh, you know um, learnings under my belt and things I may have been out doing podcasting and D&D live shows and things like that a lot earlier and perhaps better and perhaps still be fine you know but we'll never know now um, because she made it so obvious that she did not want me to do any of the sort of thing that I didn't um, yeah I, I I guess I listened resentfully I listened her and I relationship was a little complicated after that um but because uh, I felt like she was you know messing up the things I wanted to do of course and resented her a little bit for that but um I I also kind of appreciated that she was trying to do what she considered to be the right thing I just even looking back now I'm I'm still not sure it was you know, which is a bummer, a bit of a bummer, but that's just the way life goes, right, so, um, I don't know, like, let's not stop them from going to university straight away if that's what they want to do, but let's try and put more options in front of our kids so that they know that the choice is theirs, and here's all the, you know, here's all the amazing things they could do, I don't know, something like that, all right, that's enough talking about my sad and depressing life. Um, it's not actually sad and depressing at all. It's wonderful and I have a great life. Um, it's just, uh, there was a few years in the middle there where I was a bit muddled. I hadn't found my way, but that's, that's what happens to most of us, isn't it? So speaking of, uh, not finding my way or muddled or performance, um, let's hear what, uh, Big Phantom has to say next. Hey Jules, Pink Phantom here. Just finished listening to the uh, Orange Nerds Adventure. Are you a DJ in your day job? Because you were really pumping up the tunes there in the background. They're really jamming on that. Have a good day. Yeah. I mean, I like music. I am I am a singer. Um, and it's entirely possible that I was listening to music way too loud. And then that music kind of went on a little bit louder. I listened to it back. And it is actually probably a fraction louder. It's, it's a fraction louder than I would have liked. <laughs> so sorry about that. Um, I was just probably jamming out while I was editing that and putting it all together. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I'll watch that in the future thanks for the feedback uh yep hope everybody likes jamming out to their roleplay <laughs> I actually play quite a lot of music in the back of um, my DM sessions um there's this really cool feature on discord where you can listen to a spotify playlist and then you can invite other people to listen along 
Um, and the bonus of that one, rather than just sharing a playlist that you're listening to, is when I change the music on my Spotify cha- playlist, it changes for everybody all at the same time. So if I'm like ramping the tension and things are going into battle or whatever, I can like up the music and everybody's like, ooh, ooh, okay. Or um, I can like go into like a spooky soundtrack and people are like, ooh, this place is spooky. And it sets like sweet theme music. Um, in one of my games, uh the uh forge cleric literally prays to the god of metal um but not like metal works more metal music so every time he casts like toll of the dead or whatever um i make sure that i put on some awesome metal rock like thrash track so we can be like yeah toll of the dead um because we've already canonly decided that that's what his toll of the dead sounds like and you can kind of every time he casts it and it kills the monster you actually hear the music pause or like ring out for a moment and then you can hear what seems to be applause um of just a lot of people like clapping and applauding and going crazy and screaming and stuff um because yeah, I, I sort of decided that his 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 god of rock music is sort of always playing like a concert, and his groupies or his demons or his you know the people that he's captured as such as like a live audience or whatever um, are kind of always there, and you just get these little glimpses of what's happening in his world when Toll of the Dead rings out, um, which I think is very very fun i don't really know how this god works or anything else about him but i like the fact that he exists and is just kind of casually in the background it's very it's very fun playing with your players whims yeah um and speaking of players and dming let's play some ponies shall we my little pony my little pony what is friendship all about my little pony my little pony friendship is magic hey jules pink phantom here can't believe i missed calling in on the last ponies i thought for sure i had well this time i think the ponies should definitely go west We need to get to and check out that horde. I really think we need to. Hey Jules, it's BJ. I think for the next phase of the ponies adventure, we should go left. Um, I took a glance in the map and there's some yellow shiny things over there that I I think, I think we should take a look at if I'm, if I'm looking at the map correctly. As far as the ponies, I am thoroughly lost. So my pony is going to look to Joey's pony and go with whatever Joey calls in and recommends. Yo, Jules. So I was listening to your latest episode where Jason was talking about Australia, and it got me thinking, like, how close is New Zealand to Australia? So you guys are about a 1,000 miles apart, New Zealand and Australia. And then I was like, well, how close is New Zealand to Antarctica? Because you mentioned Antarctica. So that's about 3,000 miles. And you're just kind of hanging out right there, kind of in the middle uh, and I just thought that was pretty cool, man. <laughs> anyway, let me call in with my pony vote. Now nah, I'll just do it here. Let's go west. We got to go west towards that yellow blob, whatever that is. Bring on the blob. Peace out. Okay, ponies. We're back in the twisting tumbles. And you said to go west. So west we go. 
you're in the Twisting Tunnels. Here, the t- tunnel continues to the west and to the east. Ha-ha! You can't get us that easily, Twisting Tunnels. To the east is where we just came from. We continue to the west past this slight kink in the tunnel. Ha-ha! <laughs> we have outsmitted, outwitted you, Twisting Tunnels. We're going to turn west to 13. Okay, you are in the Twisting Tunnels. As you enter this section of the tunnel, you notice a faint bubbling sound and a glowing coming from up ahead. There's an open pool of magma blocking your path. So we're going to make a body test. Difficulty 3 to avoid the magma. If you succeed, you cross without incident. And if you fail, you lose one stamina point from a singed tail as you cross. Okay, so body tests. All right, that means we need our sheets. I'm going to go first with Strong Oak because Strong Oak is a very strong-bodied pony with a D8 for their body die, so they should be fine, right? They get a four. It's a difficulty three, so they pass fine. All right, who's up next? Really Philly, our Pegasus with a body die of a D6. They also have a fly of D6. So what we might do is roll our D6 twice and take the higher number because they can use their talent to help them in this situation, which is helpful because their body die just rolled a two. So let's hope that their fly talent of a D6, yep, as a five, they are fine. They flit easily over these magma pools. Firebrand, our unicorn, however, doesn't have any neat tricks like being stout of heart or flying and they only have a body die of a d4 so firebrand can you make a three nope (laughs) firebrand uh aptly named catches a little bit on fire as their tail gets singed and they lose one stamina point It does say that the tunnel continues to the south and to the east again Twisting tunnels, you can't get us that easily. The east is where we just came from. So we're heading south. 76. Okay, 76, 76. Where are we? In near the back of the book. Okay. All right, it says, you are in the twisting tunnels. From here, the tunnel splits three ways. One path goes north, up, towards the map on the Patreon page, the other south, down towards the bottom of the map on the Patreon page, and one to the west, uh, which we know goes right as you're looking at the map on the Patreon page. So north 13, south 73, west 62. What will it be, ponies? What will you choose? Will this be the last time we are in the twisting tunnels? Well, that's up to you. Oh, thank you guys. Uh, thank you folks. Thank you crew. Thank you dudes um, for being patient with me and my stupid injuries and illnesses and very, very busy schedule lately. So busy. I want to cry, um, but also cry tears of happy because I've been booked for so many different 
awesome um, D&D gigs and band gigs and all of these amazing things. Um, and I just feel very, uh, I don't know, lucky. I guess lucky is the right word. Lucky to be living a life full of such magic moments. Um, but yeah, it's it's been hell on the recording. <laughs> hell on the recording. Um, Joey and I are actually behind on nerds now. I don't have any nerds to release and I'm sad about it. So we need to get back together to record again soon so we can get you more awesome nerds content. So um, a big, big thank you to you for sticking with me and uh, listening along and um, yeah, yeah, keeping me motivated to keep recording and finding the time to do this. Little by little, I have managed to get this done. Um, and a big thanks to my gems, who I absolutely could not do this without. Uh, James, Jason, Barry, Liren, Ezekiel, KP, Joey, Dusty, Carl, and BJ. Um, I adore you all. Thank you so much. Without you all, I think I would have stopped ages ago. But you are the wind beneath my wings um, that keeps me flying. So, and a big thank you for uh, Jason from Nerds RPG Variety Cast, Spencer from Keep Off the Borderlands, BJ from Arcane Alienist, Carl from Geomologist Presents, and Joey from Hindsightless, and Pink Phantom. I see you over there with your title of your podcast called Phantom Thoughts, but I see also that you haven't put any out yet. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I've favorited it. I'm right here. Uh, can't wait to see you put out an episode as well. Um, so big thank you to all my call-ins who literally made this episode happen because your voice messages were sitting there and I needed to get them out. <laughs> um, if you're enjoying listening to Jules from Inside, please give this show a review on the platform of your choice. It all helps out. Um, you can find me around everywhere right now. I'm on Twitter as Jules Bergeser, but I'm on everywhere else like YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and everything as Jules from NZ. So come find me and say hi. Um, and I just really, you know, I just really want you to have a nice day. Have a nice day. Have a nice weekend, actually. Kia pai tora whakata is have a nice weekend because for me, it's Friday. So I'm looking forward to getting off work tonight and having a bit of, well, a, a socialized time, I guess. I was really hoping to go home and cross-stitch um, because the baby who's the cross-stitch is due for is coming in a couple of weeks and I really need to get this cross-stitch done before the baby gets here, ideally. Um, but it looks like I've got some friends who have a leaving due, so I'll be out again. God damn it. I just want a night at home. But uh, I shouldn't complain. Having friends is a great thing, and I love them all daily. So, yes. Noho oramai. Stay well. Look after yourselves out there. There is a nasty lot of illness going around at the moment. Uh, I don't know if that's just New Zealand or everywhere, but New Zealand, man, we got slammed with like all sorts of evil flus and colds. And um, I just found out that one of our Fate of Eisen listeners' dad has got some sort of horrendous, like, um, you know, uh, like cough and, and is now in in hospital and isolation and it's not COVID. It's potentially something bloody else so just you know noho oramai stay well and look after yourselves stay inside 
you know, rest up, get eat well, drink lots of water, all of those good things. I care about you and I just want you to be okay. So, inohora, kakite ano, and aroha nui. Yeah, goodbye and I will see you again soon. Love you loads. Mwah. Have a great rest of the day. Bye. Thank you.